Thank you for joining us here at VLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Much good to see you guys today. Welcome. <clears throat> now we want to wrap things up today. I know this talk, uh, it, um, it definitely needs more than a couple of Sundays. And so I would encourage you to uh, make study time for it. Uh, you know, and, and like I said last week, write your questions down when you're studying. Write stuff down. I know some of you sent us questions, and some of those I will touch on today. I've already responded to your questions, and, and uh, uh, those of you that did send them. So thanks for uh, participating with us and helping us out with those things. But because uh, of my time restraints, uh, I want to get right into things, and because uh, I, I know that I learned this years ago from one of my pastors. He said, the mind can only retain what the seat can endure. <laughs> I'm like, that, that, that's true right there. So we won't keep you long, but stay with me while we're here, all right? Let's dig into this. Matthew 16, we are talking about the signs of the times. How many of you know there are signs in front of us right now? There are signs that tell us how to get places. You know, it's interesting, you can't go to Cincinnati 75 South. Amen. Now listen, y'all, some of you laughing, but listen, Christians try to do their own thing continually, and God's already told you the way to... <clears throat> All right, so let's, let's get into it. Matthew 16, verse 1, this is Jesus. The Pharisees and Sadducees came, and like we talked about last week, this is the religious organization of the day. These are the theologians and the preachers that the people of the communities go to, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they came to Jesus testing him. Now I want you to see, you know, I know we talked about this, but I want to review for a few minutes. I want you to see the arrogance in religion. They're test, will, they're testing Jesus. Who do you think you are? Well, obviously they were a legend in their mind. Like many of us today, we, we think we know something, and then we want Jesus to give us a sign just like they wanted a sign. Lord, is that, is, can, you, can you prove it? How many of you think God could have proven that it was him? I mean, if Jesus wanted to, he could have elevated above all the planet and hovered around and said, look at me, watch this. And then he would have brought all, the whole congregation up. And then put them back down. If, if he wanted to prove the power, he could have done it very easily. But he made it a way on purpose. We have to live by faith. We have to believe what he tells us. And they didn't. And he said, listen, guys, when it's evening, you say it'll be fair weather because the sky's red. And in the morning, it'll be foul weather because the sky's red and threatening. And then he makes this statement with an exclamation point. You hypocrites. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to preachers. <clears throat> you hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you can't discern the signs of the times. Here's my question that we started this talk with. According to Jesus, if he expected his people, the first ones, to recognize his coming, you think he expects us to? Make no mistake about it, he absolutely ex he expects us to see his day coming. And as the day approaches, as his body on the planet, guys, our job, we have to make sure that as many people as possible are ready to go. 
And I'm going to show you some things today. We want to make sure that you're ready to go before the day happens. <clears throat> we want to go in the first group. Yeah? You remember we talked about this last week. The Apostle Paul out of 1 Timothy tells us this. God desires all men to be saved. All of them. And I know some of you thinking, but he must not know my coworker. My family member, he must not know them. No, he wants all of them to be saved. Jesus came to save all. Peter tells it like this in his letter to the church, <clears throat> that it is God's will that no one should perish. No one. But guys, as I'm talking to you, every two seconds, a human leaves this planet. Every two seconds. And all of them don't know Jesus. But was God's will for them to go to hell? Absolutely not. So what do we have to do? As we see this day approaching, this is why we're having this talk, because we can clearly see <clears throat> that this day is approaching. So we've got to make sure that we help people come on into the family. And guys, you don't have to force it. You don't have to be all aggressive in someone's face. All you got to do is follow the leading of the Lord because he'll go before you. He'll make your path straight. He'll give you opportunities. Should you ask God to do that for you? Should you be, be, should you be believing God to use you in the break room, at the checkout line, on a Friday night at Walmart? I could tell some of you haven't been. Yeah. Wherever God leads you, be ready, and you don't have to have, I, I tell you this repeatedly, we don't have to have some sermon prepared. You are a living letter. That's what the Apostle Paul says. We are living epistles launched toward the kingdom of God. We are his ambassadors on the planet, so be aware of that. And here's the thing. <clears throat> Obviously, just in the natural, we are the closest generation to this happening of any group of people that's ever been on the planet. Yeah? That is for certain. But don't think that the enemy won't do everything possible to keep people from recognizing this truth. Not to mention to keep us away from practicing these things. And a key point for us to remember is this. We have to stay fresh on this. We have to have a fresh comprehension of our ambassadorship. See, I, I can tell you in my own life and as a pastor over the years, one of the things that I've seen is we really aren't aware on a regular, systematic basis of, of being an ambassador, that we actually represent Jesus. We don't think about that enough because we, <clears throat> we get so consumed with everything going on around us. <clears throat> yeah? Like on Sundays, some of you all, you get consumed with football. Some of you on Saturday nights, you get consumed with football. Depending on what you watch, you know, you get, like right now, I, I was watching uh, the, the playoffs in baseball. I, don't, I mean, through the year, I don't watch baseball. It's a snooze fest. But once the playoffs start, it's fun. They actually, they're on, they're on purpose then all of a sudden. It's weird. Professional sports. And <laughs> you think they'd do something about that. I think we should give them a couple more million. Yeah, they might play better. No, that's a joke. <laughs> so for us, as people that represent the most important thing in the existence of humanity. 
I think we should be a little bit more on point about it. Now, now when I say that, just like I told you last week, that doesn't mean you got to be serious and nobody wants to hang around you. You should be the most fun person in the room. Now, don't try to be fake funny because you're not. Some of y'all with your dad jokes, "Mm mm-mm, you need to keep them. Not funny, not even a little bit. But we should be these joyful people. They should recognize the peace of God on our lives. And, and so when we see that day coming, you know, and as we do, and we'll talk about some of this this morning, we need to be about our role on the planet while we're here. Yeah? Remember last week I showed you this out of Hebrews chapter 10. Listen to these words. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Now, I broke that down last week. That word confession, in, you know, it means to say continually. And the word hope is this fixed confident expectation and what the writer of Hebrews wants us to understand is this that we need to continually be saying what we actually expect God to do in our life you need to be talking about it to people and once again not aggressive and offensive but I promise you as sure as you're looking at me if you're asking God for opportunities to share he's going to give them to you he will provide for you he will make a way for you he will the God You know, God makes water come from a rock. Huh? He'll make a way. If you really want to share the truths of Jesus with somebody and you're intentional about it, you're like, God, give give me the opportunity. And then when it comes, you're scared. Anybody ever been scared to share the gospel? Two, three of you? Yeah, the rest of you liars. Or you just haven't done it and just said, no, I'm not doing it. Listen, because the enemy works that way with your mind. <clears throat> Let's hold fast. That, word, that phrase, hold fast, it's actually an old school military term. You hold the line. You stay your position. You don't quit. You don't retreat. Hold fast your confession of hope without wavering for he who promised might come through for you. Now, he is faithful. God, y'all know God is faithful. I heard an old school preacher say one time, God will always meet our needs. Payday may not be every Friday, but payday is coming. Ah. Huh? God will take care of you. But sometimes we want God. We just want to push the button. 30 seconds in the microwave, God. Sometimes God will take 30, you know, we were talking about that time frame last week. Remember, a thousand years is a day, and I, you know, I was talking to you all, and, and Derek helped me with this. He actually corrected me, and I know some of y'all, well, if Derek can correct you, so can I. Can you? <laughs> but Derek said, man, what you're talking about, you didn't really break it down right. Your timing was wrong. I'm like, what? Because I was talking about Jesus being in the grave for three days, and I was thinking three years. I said, it's about five minutes. Well, three years is about five minutes. Derek said, but three days, that's less than a second. So in the blink of an eye, Jesus was back. Our time. Yeah. So be aware of those things. Be on purpose about it. Hold fast your confession of faith without wavering. Let us consider one another. I mean, I could build a sermon on that right there. Let us consider one another huh? in order to stir up love. The message says it like this. Let's, let's see how inventive we can be in stirring up love. How creative can you be at stirring up love for other people, encouraging other people, doing good things? 
And then he says this, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. Don't forsake coming together. Don't just get used, <clears throat> don't get just used to watching church online. No, that's just a message online. That's not church. Church, part of church, we are. The, now, now, understand this. I, I, I got to take just a second here. This is not all there is to church, these four walls. It's a building. You know? One day we're going to have a new building. Okay, I appreciate your excitement there. But uh, at least a couple of us are excited about a new building. The rest of you, you know, we'll just stay here with the leaky roof and, you know, messed up parking lot. And well, won't you fix it? Because I want a new one. I'm going to get it. Y'all with me on this? Okay. What was I talking about before a new building? Yeah. We're the church. And part of it is the assembling. This koinonia, we come together to fellowship, to worship, to discipleship. That's what we come in here for, to develop these relationships with one another, get to know our brothers and sisters in the Lord. You understand when all this is done, whatever day it takes place, y'all are family. You stuck with me. Just can you, Andy, can you imagine? I, I can't even think about being your pastor for a thousand years. <laughs> now, not in a bad way, but I mean, you get tired of hearing me. <laughs> yeah, like some of you don't know what to say. Oh, yeah, we would. You're right. <laughs> can, we get, can we get somebody new on deck? <laughs> yeah. Don't forsake assembling together, as is the manner of some, watch this, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. Now, as I begin to meditate this statement, why would the writer of Hebrews tell us we could see the day approaching if we couldn't see the day approaching? Obviously, we not only can we, like I told you last week, Jesus said the thief wouldn't have broke into your house if you were ready, if you were paying attention, if you were watching. And then he tells us that we need to be watching for him. We need to be looking for that day. So when it comes to the day approaching, we got to remember what Paul says about this subject, okay? Because I know when we talk about some of these end time events, people get all wackadoo, man. There's all kinds of crazy speculation and hype and, and even weirdness. And I understand that the book of Revelation can... can mess with you a little bit with all this typology and stuff so and and like I said last week we're not digging deep into the book of Revelation we'll highlight some stuff but this is kind of like just really that's what this is this talk today is just kind of a highlight of some end time things that you can be aware of so that you know because according to Hebrews we, we should we should see the day approaching is that are you sure how many of you looking for that day yeah okay well don't get too excited about that day because you know because you got to go back to work in the morning, you know. In, in the new world, no more mowing grass, no more treating grass. Good Lord, I mean, huh? I mean, I, I'm, I, think, I think I want my grass an inch and a quarter high, all smooth, flush grass. I can walk in it barefooted. Huh? Well, he's building our place right now. That's what Jesus said. So when it comes to this day, let's, let's remember, let's keep things in balance, okay? Because ultimately, when you talk about these, these things happening, the thing you have to keep in mind is this. The Bible has to agree. All of it. Huh? And, and even though Revelation can be, 
you know, even though it can be a little hard to, to navigate because it's, it is, I get it, it is filled with a bunch of typology. It still has to line up with the rest of the book, you all. That's, that's one of the main, and that's where a lot of misinterpretation has come. People have just pulled things out of the book of Revelation. It is, and here's the thing you notice, it is a single revelation. It is not plural. There are not multiple revelations in the book. There is one revelation. It is the uncovering of our king and his return to the planet. That's what, the, that's what it's about. You got that? And a, and, and a key element in studying, you, you got to be able to, and I, I touched on this last week briefly, but you have to be able to discern and recognize when Jesus is talking to the church and when he's talking to the Jewish people. Because they are different. You understand the Jewish people as a whole, they do not believe that Messiah has come yet. Y'all, do you understand that, right? A couple of you, okay. They, they don't. But how many of you know you base everything that you are as an eternal being on the fact that he has come? We believe that he did come, that he died, and he rose from the grave, and he is our king and savior now. Yeah? Now, according to Jesus, only the Father knows when this is going to happen. So don't, you know, because I, I hear goofy stuff. Like I was telling you the story last week, somebody... I forget where, they, where I got it at, but somebody sold all their stuff. Somebody told them that the, the Lord's coming back on this day. Well, first of all, if anybody gives you a day, you can turn them off right then. They're wrong. Because Jesus said only the Father knows. So if only the Father knows, then only the Father knows, and he's not telling anybody. You got that? So if somebody tells you if, that, if they give you a date, you go ahead and mark them off and quit listening to that. Because they're wrong. Nobody will know. But he did tell us to watch. He did tell us we could recognize, remember, because he got on the, the first group because they couldn't see the signs. Well, he's given us all kinds of signs over the landscape of creation. Yeah? So can we dig into this for just a little bit? Revelation chapter 1. This will be a brief discussion in that book, but I want to touch on some things. Now, I guess I should probably set this up first. This is the Apostle John. Now, at this particular time in history, the church is under massive persecution. And John has been exiled to this island. And this is where God uh, visits him and gives him this revelation. Now, this is the Apostle John that, we, that, that walked with Jesus and, and he saw things that Jesus did, participated in miracles, did miracles and things and signs and wonders himself. And then he writes this, inspired by the Holy Spirit, chapter 1, verse 3, blessed, say blessed. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and they keep the things written in it. Why? Now, if the time was near when John wrote this, what y'all think? Yeah. Now, here's the things I want you to highlight. He said, blessed is he who reads it. So, you, so we're supposed to read it. Blessed is he who hears the words of the prophecy. You're supposed to read them and pay attention to what's going on in them. And then he also says this, the one who keeps the things written in it. Guys, if we never talk about the book, how are you going to do the stuff that's in it? How are you going to practice any of this stuff? If we never talk, so we have to have these talks. And I know it can be challenging sometimes in a subject like this. And then in verse 19 of that same chapter 1, the Holy Spirit tells John this. Write these things. That's why I tell you all sometimes write stuff down because I know you think you'll remember it. But Cody and I were talking the other day about writing stuff down because the Lord will give you a revelation and you're not even paying attention. But he'll, the, the, the creator, I need you to hear this. 
The head of the church, the one that makes planets, will give you a revelation. And you're like, oh, thank you, Lord. And you're just going about your day like you're going to remember it. You're not that. Mm -mm. Write stuff down. Write it down. Well, it doesn't make sense. Well, maybe it's not for now. I got notebooks all over my house with stuff I write down the Lord gives me. And then I'll go back two or three years later and I'm reading. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Write the things which you've seen. Write the things which are. And write the things which will take place. Now, John has already saw some stuff. He walked with Jesus. So when you go through Revelation 1 through 3, he is talking about the churches. He lists seven churches. And throughout the Bible, the number seven means completion. Now, and some, some theologians and scholars use the word perfection. That word perfection doesn't mean flawless because when you read Revelation 1 through 3, and him, he highlights the churches. Well, all of them got junk going on. But what he's talking about, those, those seven churches is the complete overview from beginning to end of what churches look like throughout history and will look like. So you can find yourself in any of those. At any given time, I found myself in every one of them. I found Victory Life Church in every one of those churches that sit different times in our journey. That's his whole point. Those are the seven candlesticks or seven lampstands in the book of Revelation that Christ stands in the center of. I think that was one of your all's questions the other day. Those are the churches, and they represent all churches on the planet. Now, they don't represent all religious attempts to be something. But when God calls a church to be a church, and it's part of his body, that's what those seven. So as you read them, take the time to let the Holy Spirit highlight stuff because you're part of the church. Yeah? And then here's what happens in Revelation chapter 4. Because when, it, let me have that verse back up there, Derek, that, that last one I had. Yes, sir, right there. Watch this. He said, write the things which have been, write the things which are going on right now, and the things which will take place after this. After what? After what he just told him is getting ready to happen on the planet, the things that are. And in Revelation 4, John says, after this, after the revelation of the church, what I want you to see is this. John is taken from the planet. Jesus is actually standing. If you read the story, he says, come up here. And from that point, now John represents us on the planet. And from that point, you do not see the church mentioned again in the book of Revelation. The reason so many people struggle is because you're trying to read the book of Revelation in light of you being there. You're not there. See, John is just one type of that. You have to realize this, that, that you know, there, there's more pictures of that as you look at some of these things. And as, you, as, as I said earlier, what you have to understand is this, that we, the church, the body of Christ, we are the restrainer. Remember I told you last week, Jesus said the gates of hell can't stop us. They cannot keep us from penetrating, going into invading the kingdom of darkness and taking people out of his kingdom. That is why we are here. But most of us, we're not going into the kingdom of darkness. We're doing everything we can do to stay out of the world. Don't bring your stuff in these four walls. Don't bring your music. Don't bring your style. Don't bring your sin. Well, if we had that, if we had that mindset, you wouldn't be here. Guys, we have to change our approach on these things. We are the body of Christ on the planet. See, some of y'all keep asking Jesus to do something, and Jesus has already assigned you to do it. He told us in the Gospel of Luke, I have given you all authority over the powers of darkness. So quit asking God to do something about the devil. 
You stomp him in the head. See, the enemy can't just have his way as long as we're here. Guys, I know there's some evil, but there is, I believe personally, now this is just opinion on my part from my study, I believe the church is the most powerful force on the planet right now. I, I need you to understand this. I, I know that there's some darkness and some evil going on, but on, it, it, there, let me give you one example of this. Because a lot of people think, man, things are so bad. No, we just have a lying, deceiving media that Satan owns. That shows you only the bad stuff going on because he wants you to be in fear. But think about this. When Jesus was born, the government, Billy, the government of that day said, all babies two years old and under, we don't know who the Messiah is, so kill all of them. There wasn't a vote. Now listen, that kind of stupid stuff still going on today. The only difference now, some of y'all voting for people that support abortion. I can't go there. Sorry. You know better. Yeah, but I don't have anybody else politically I line up with. If you line up with that, then you need to reevaluate your political stuff. It's called murder. Anywho, that's not everybody's favorite topic. But we are the restrainer on the planet. The body of Christ is. The problem is we just don't realize it because we've been just coming in our church groups and just worshiping and enjoying our bless me club. And then we go on out. Well, I'm going to heaven, so it's okay with me. But you, I hope you make it. Those things have to change, guys. And so in history right now, the next prophetic event to take place Will be and I and I know some of you've been taught differently. And you don't agree with this. Well, then you can call me and you can straighten me out this week. Come, I, please. I encourage it. But the next prophetic event will it will be the departure of the church. We leave in here. Woo! Now, now listen. <clears throat> Remember, I told you earlier. Paul said, if you're going to find these truths, there has to be pictures of it in the scriptures. The Bible has to line up. And so there are because I've already told you. The Apostle John was one picture, one type of the rapture of the church. He represented the church on that island at that time, and the Lord called him up. And you don't see the church mentioned again in the book. If you go through the Old Testament, you see types, because you got to find it in the Scriptures. you got to see types of this. Well, you have Enoch and Elijah. Neither one of them saw the grave. They were taken up. I mean, Andy Elijah got to take, got, he got to, a chariot of fire came and got the man. Now, I know some of y'all think, well, that's a fairy tale. Well, then that's why you struggle with the Bible, because you live in fantasy land. Yeah. Now, can I give you my opinion about a little something real quick? I know a lot of theologians have different views on who the two witnesses in Revelation 11 that stand testifying for three and a half years. I personally believe it's Enoch and Elijah. I know some people, some people say Moses and different ones. They're, they're the only two that didn't see the grave. Now, I, I, listen, say opinion. That's my opinion. We'll find out soon enough, okay? We'll, we'll get to see who it is. Now, you won't be there. Should you be born again, you won't be there. But that's just my, my opinion on that. Those are Old Testament examples. In the New Testament, you see examples of people being raptured off the planet. The first one was um, the Apostle Paul. 
He was taken up, but he says, man, whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know, but I went to, now he gets real specific. He said, I went to the third heaven. What's that mean? Well, there's obviously a one and a two somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And Paul got great details. As a matter of fact, he got the revelation of the, the rapture of the church that we'll talk about. Yeah, I got a little time. Okay. Another example was Jesus himself. He was taken off the planet. If you go read the story in the book of Acts, Jesus is standing there and they're all around. Then all of a sudden, and he just goes up in the sky and they're looking and the angel said, what are y'all looking at? Now pay close attention in the book of Acts. It says this, this same, the angel makes it very clear, this same Jesus, because he's already in his resurrected body. And the angel says, this same Jesus in like manner will come back. He, he's, you understand? They saw him leave. We're going to see him come. Come on. So there are types, Old Testament, New Testament types of the departure of the church. Let's look at this, 1 Corinthians, because when Paul went to the third heaven, this is some of the stuff that the Lord taught him. Y'all doing okay? All right. 1 Corinthians 15, chapter, uh, or verse 51. Let me, this is Paul talking to the church, let me, let me say something real quick about these letters. Because one of the things you have to understand about the New Testament letters that Paul has written, Paul is addressing issues. He's dealing with problems going on in local churches. That's what these letters are for. Paul just didn't sit down by the campfire and God started dictating stuff for him to write. He, got, he was corresponding back and forth with local churches. Corinthians is a church in Corinth, and he's writing this letter dealing with some issues because they've been taught some wrong doctrine. And he says, let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. Have y'all read the book of Revelation? Well, if you think you're going through that, there's no wonderful secret about it. Okay? Clue number one. Then he makes this crazy radical statement. We will not all die. Now, I talk to people all the time like, I want in that group. <laughs> well, who wouldn't want in that group, man, right? Nobody wants to die, man. Death is the last enemy that will be destroyed. But we have to change our perspective. Death is also the graduation day of the saint. Your party just got started when you breathed your last. I know it hurts for us, but not for them. I use my mom as an example all the time. I guarantee you my mom and Rose, they are kicking up such a, they're having big times in heaven. Probably laughing at me and Jack. <laughs> huh? It's a real world, you all. You have to be aware of these things. Let me reveal to you this wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. Watch this. And it will happen in a moment. In the blink of an eye. See, this is, this is what Derek was wanting me to understand, what he was telling me. I mean, we're out playing golf, and he's giving me theological direction. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're right. But he was right. I was wrong. Yeah? See, that's why y'all need to pay attention to what I say, because sometimes I don't say it right. I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> but it's going to happen like that. In the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. All right, let me take a second. Because over the years... In some of my discussions about some of these end time events, this has been one of the big ones is this statement that Paul makes about the last trumpet. And every time people want to argue with me about it, it, it still, Kate, it still blows my mind that people want to argue with me because it's like you want to go through the tribulation. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why are you defending that? 
Well, it's in the Bible, Reverend. It is in the Bible, so is the book of Job. You want that one? <laughs> I want the end of it, yeah. This last trumpet is not the seven trumpets of judgment in the book of Revelation. Throughout the history of the people of God, they have used trumpets for all kinds of things, for war, for celebrations, for feasts, for different things. There is a trumpet here, and I'll show you in Thessalonians in just a second. There is the trumpet call of God for us to come up. That's what this is. Not a trumpet in the, Revela in the book of Revelation about end-time events where you get, you know, half the planet burned up with a star that fell out of the sky. I want that, Cody. Yeah, I'll I'll take, I'll take some, you know, disease and famine. You know, the, the sun turns dark and the moon. No. In the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will be transformed. See, if it happens while, if it happens while we're here, I'm going to look at Billy, and in the blink of an eye, he's going and Billy's going like, dude, your hair is killer, man. <laughs> Boom! I'm like, yes. Right. I know. It's, it's, it's the little things, yeah? For our dying bodies, listen carefully, must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Just like Jesus' body. He was the first one to do this. Our mortal bodies must be transformed to immortal bodies. See, I think some of y'all got to understand this about the church, man. We, we are this, this bride of Christ, this select group that, there's, that once, once this dispensation is over, there'll never be another one. I can tell you there will be days in eternity that they will say of us, he's one of them. There won't be any more. She's one of them. Royalty that stood in, in, in the realities of what we call humanity and, and acknowledge that he is real. So let, let, let's move a little bit more. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians and listen to Paul continue his teaching on this. Because in Thessalonians, that, that group of disciples, people were writing them and false teachers were coming in into their churches telling them that Jesus had already come back. And if you're here, then you're stuck. and It's already happened. You, you missed it. And Paul says this in chapter 4. Brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve as people who have no hope. See, people that don't know Jesus, they don't have any hope. And they grieve differently than people who know the Lord. Over the years, I mean, listen, I've done this for a little bit, and over the years I've stood at coffin after coffin. And you know, not from judging of someone's life, you can look and tell at their, their grief that they have no hope. They haven't been taught these truths. Sure, it's painful for a human when someone goes home. No doubt. But then when you take the time to let the Holy Spirit minister to you, all of a sudden, because you love that person, you get excited about them. Because I can tell you, my mom would not come back here. We could all beg and offer her. We could offer her the United States. She's like, well, it's, I don't want that. <laughs> but that's changing too. Huh? Yeah. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised, from the, raised to life again. How many of you believe Jesus died and was raised again? Yeah. We also believe that Jesus returns. God will bring back with him the believers that have died. Now watch closely here. Verse 15. We tell you this. Paul is right. He says, I'm telling you this directly from the Lord. From who? 
we who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, the voice of the archangel, watch this, with the trumpet call of God. Paul lets you know right there this is it that he was writing in 1 Corinthians about. And he says this first, say first. Now remember, in the blink of an eye, I know some, some people that we've talked over the years about, well, when he says, I want to see it happen, blink of an eye, you ain't going to see nothing, you're going to be like, boom, whoa. Just like that. Yeah. First, the believers who have died will rise from the grave. Like, man, I, are the, I've had people over there, are the graves going to bust open? <laughs> no. Listen, everything created here, the molecular structure of everything created in this atmosphere is still here. Including your great, 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 Abraham, his molecular structure, still here. And what's going to happen in the blink of an eye? Abraham, one of the questions that, in, that you all said, we, we know people there. In chapter Luke, Luke chapter 16, they knew each other. Amen. And they hadn't even gotten their bodies back yet, but they knew each other. The guy over in hell said, man, Father Abraham, can you, can you send somebody back? He said, can you, can, can you at least send somebody to dip their finger? So now his body's in a hole in the ground, and he's seeing somebody. He said, can you tell somebody to dip their finger? What finger? See, you're not Casper the Friendly Ghost over on the other side just floating around. You are you. You look like you. Like, well, I didn't want to look like me. <laughs> you are you. You need to start liking you. God made you. Come on. They recognized each other. He said, dip your finger in water and put it on. He's got a tongue. He's seeing one another. Yeah? Now, what all of the family structure of that looks like, we don't have enough detail. It would just be speculation. We don't know all of that. Paul says on the other side, in the book of Ephesians, he says there's no Jew nor Greek. There's no male nor female. He says we're going to be in our immortal states like angels. Now, we're not going to be angels. Listen to me very carefully. I know some of you, I've even read at funeral homes that the, 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 the Lord needed another angel in the choir. No! You will never be an angel. You are above angels. That's why in Psalms and in Hebrews, the angels said, God, who is humanity? Who is this man? Because he looks like you. He sounds like you until he fell. That's why Jesus and Adam, Paul calls Jesus the last Adam. Y'all getting this? So the trumpet will sound, and the first of believers who have died will rise from the grave. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up, say up, in the clouds to meet the Lord at Walmart. In the air. Now, let me, let me take, because another one of the questions that was sent to us was this. In the Hebrew language, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Not just in the Hebrew language, in both. The word is not in the, rapture is not, the word rapture is not in the Bible. This phrase, caught up, is our English word, rapture. That's the term. But the word's not used. Did you, listen, how many of y'all believe in the Trinity? Father, did you know the word Trinity's not in the Bible either? How many of y'all know some good old Baptist folks? You know the word Baptist, their denomination not in the Bible? Oh, no, John, the, no, actually in the Greek that word is the baptizer. 
Not, not John, the denomination of the Baptist. <laughs> if you want to get technical, really the only denomination listed is Pentecostal. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but none of, see, so don't get hung up on something. It, it, it just staggers me when people write these things because they, they continually try to support their unbelief in this subject. Why don't you try to, I mean, who wants to go through? Have you read that stuff? The Bible says in the book of Revelation that they will cry out for rocks to fall on them and kill them. And they won't be able to die because they have to suffer because of the, the, the plagues and, and, the, and the torments that have been released on the planet. Paul says, we who are still alive, we will be caught up in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever so encourage, say encourage, encourage, encourage one another in these, with these words. Guys, you can, there is no encouragement with you going through the plagues, with you going through the judgments. And the, there's no encouragement. If you know you're going through that, I'd rather just let somebody hit me with a truck so I can go on to heaven. I don't want to go through that. You don't have to go through that. You're not, as a believer, you're not going through that. So let, let me help you. Now, remember, there are Jews that Jesus is dealing with. And there's the church, okay? And you have to understand when you're reading Paul's letters, he makes it very clear that we, when Jesus comes back and the dead in Christ have been risen and he, they come back with him, in that blink of an eye, we're called up into the air to meet the Lord in the, in the air. Say in the air. All right? The return of Jesus is a different event. When Jesus comes back to the planet in his resurrected body, we come with him. The church comes with him because we are part of his body. Yeah. Zechariah 14 says that when the Lord returns to the planet, he steps his foot on the Mount of Olives and he faces Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives split. See, this is us, the, the event that the Apostle Paul is talking about. We will put on in the blink of an eye this immortality and we will go to him in the heavenlies. And in, in the same time that the seven years of tribulation is going on on the planet, we are at the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven. Now remember, seven years is only about what? Less than about 10 minutes or a few? So it's going to seem like that and then we're going to come back and we're going to come back with him and he steps his foot on the Mount of Olives and the sword comes out of his mouth and the battle of Armageddon unfolds and everything is destroyed by a word. Not a sword coming out. Don't, don't be science fiction. By, by a spoken word, he eliminates the rest of the enemy. Amen. See, if God, listen guys, if God meant for any group of his church to go through the times in Revelation, he would have told us. Listen, he, and secondly, he, would, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have told us that he's going to keep it from it. Revelation chapter 3 says this, I, this is the Lord speaking, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole earth. Paul says in his letter to the Thessalonians in chapter 5, God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through Jesus. Not, we're not going through it, y'all. And I'm sure many of you have heard me say this over the years, but it is so true. The new is in the old contained. And the old is in the new explained. And when you take that principle on any subject of Scripture, you will have success. And when you do that principle, one you see, 
One you don't. When you, when you look through the Old Testament, well, you see types and pictures of the, of the catching away of the rapture of the church. You see no types of the tribulation. Now, let me help you because I don't say, oh, no, Jesus said they didn't, they, you know, those who live godly for the Lord will suffer persecution. You'll go through tribulation. Yeah, but not the great tribulation. That's a different. There are tribulations that people go through. I mean, Peter was massacred brutally in front of people, hung upside down, tortured. Read some of the stories of the martyrs and the things they went through. And they did it with honor and pride. Like, go on. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> see, you see, you see pictures of the rapture, of the taking away, of the calling away of the church. And the next prophetic, you, you got to get this. And why are we talking about this? Because God wants all people saved. And he told us in the book of Hebrews, as you see the day approaching. So, can we see the day approaching? Because the next prophetic, the, the, the next event on God's calendar is. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah. When's that going to happen? Well, if, I showed you a thousand years is a day last. If God waits 30 minutes, y'all, that's another 25 years. So calm down and be about the master's work. If you're here. It's going to be a party. If you leave and go there through the grave, it's going to be a party. Like, man, are we supposed to party? Man, the people of God partied all through the Old Testament. Have you read the Bible? Sometimes they, they, they partied so hard that the city next to them shook. And they didn't even have Dwayne on sound. <laughs> See, Dwayne likes it loud. Huh? I'm always tending to turn it down, but Derek and some of these other young ones are like, no, crank it up. So let's look for a second. Let's, let's take a look at some of the things that what we're dealing with on the planet right now. Because when you think about it, and this is one of the things that really sparked a big part of this conversation, because stuff is bad on the planet. But I mean, it's been a lot worse throughout history. Are you here? But there are difficulties. There are things going on that, that the church doesn't agree with right now. And so when you look through the lens of the scripture, now remember I told you in the beginning of this talk, when you study the book of Revelation, you have to put Daniel and Matthew 24, all three of them go together, and it will give you this wonderfully clear picture. Now, it's taken me years to get to some of these revelations that I've got today. But now with me giving you some help in this, you're going to sit and like, oh yeah, I see that. For example, in Daniel chapter 8, Gabriel, y'all know who Gabriel is? Gabriel is an archangel. Now, I know we talk about this stuff and we think, well, that's cool. An archangel is having a conversation with a dude. I mean, he's, he's, he's manifesting. I know y'all be cool with that, but I'm like, Phew. So Gabriel is talking to Daniel about this vision of the end times. And in verse 19 of chapter 8, he says this, For at the appointed time, the end will come. So the end is coming. And there is an appointed time. Can I give you another one of my opinions? I don't necessarily believe that the appointed time is a, is a time calendar. I believe the appointed time is when the last living stone that God is building his body, his temple back with is placed in. Because the omniscient God knows when all that will be. When, he, when that last stone is put in place, that will be that time. Yeah? So what's interesting about this is in chapter 12 of Daniel, Gabriel tells Daniel, you shut the book up till the time of the end. Well, how do you know the time is now? That the time, I'm, Calm down, I'm going to show you just a second. 
in chapter 8 and chapter 9. If you're studying, one of the things I want you to pay close attention to is chapter 8 and 9 of Daniel. Put them with chapters 13, 14 on with Revelation and start reading them together and go back and forth and watch what the Holy Spirit will show you. See, Daniel's vision, remember, Gabriel was telling Daniel things going on that was going to take place in the end. And if you go back to Daniel's vision, what had happened, Babylon with their demon-possessed king, Nebuchadnezzar, was ruling the world at that time. And they had taken over Israel. And that's where Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, they were taken as prisoners of war, really refugees, some would say, and indoctrinated in, into a new world system. Are you ready for this? A new world order. But they wouldn't change. They wouldn't bow. And Daniel, uh, or Nebuchadnezzar, has this dream that terrifies him. And so they get all the people. Now let me, sh I know y'all think it's bad, but let me show you what Nebuchadnezzar did. I gotta hurry. But watch this. This, this king called all of his politicians, all of his Scientologists, all of his, you know, soothsayers and psychics. He called them all in and said, I need to know what the dream means. And they're all like, well, O king, if you tell us what the dream is, we'll give you our interpretation of it. He said, no, I'm not telling you the dream. If you know how to do your job, do it. Tell me what it is. If you don't, I'm killing all of you and all your families. Huh? I know y'all think it's bad. You wouldn't want to work for the government back then. <laughs> You mess up one time, <laughs> you're done. Then they hear about Daniel. And so Daniel goes to the king. He says, give me, give me a little time to get with my Lord. Because my God, I can, I can hear Daniel now because he's confident. My God, he gives revelation to this kind of stuff. This, he, he specializes in this. So he comes back the next day and says, oh, king, here's, here's what the vision is. Daniel 2.32, this image is head was of fine gold the chest and arms of silver the belly and thighs of bronze the legs of iron and its feet were partly iron and partly clay now this image that i want to take a few minutes to talk about this image is what nebuchadnezzar saw but what god was showing daniel and us today is the different kingdoms throughout history on the planet the first one obviously babylon medo-persia was the silver greece was the bronze Iron was Rome. Of course, you understand, as you see these go down, the, 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 the metal gets inferior. And then lastly, and, and if you study history, all of these have taken place. Each one destroyed the other one, ruling the world at that time. And what Daniel lets us know is those feet of iron and clay, when you see this right here, what you need to understand is the 10 toes of that, those feet are the nations that will come out of this European Union. Listen to me very carefully. That is operational right now. Now they highlight iron and clay mix in the 10 toes, but I personally believe because Revelation 19 lets us, they actually call them the great Babylon was destroyed in the end. I believe all of these nations are come together as a one world government and there are people driving this like crazy right now, you all. There are these psychotic, demon-possessed, multi-billionaires that think there's something they're not and they're trying to manipulate societies. It's happening right now 
on our planet, in our nation. See, Jesus told us that we would know. See, none of Daniel's prophecies, though, none of this made any sense until certain things begin to take place in history. The reason that we can know now that we can start looking because now the time or the signs are right at the end is because in 1948, Israel became a nation. Listen to me very carefully. You can't have a temple to worship in if you don't have a nation to put the temple in for the Jewish people. It did not exist. So 1948, ding, ding, ding. That's the first indication of something's going on. We're getting closer. Then in the Six-Day War in 1967, Jerusalem becomes the occupied city of the people of God again. And at that point, the people of God are put back into operation in the city of God. Okay? So now you got these two things taking place. What's interesting, if you look at history, from Babylon to 1967, the Jewish people did not occupy Jerusalem. Is that crazy? But they do today. And so we're looking now because now we can, now once again, if, if God waits five minutes, well, that's, that's, that's years, man. So calm down, be about the master's work. But what we see unfolding is this is going on right now because the enemy knows that his time is drawing to a close. And he is the master of distraction. Look over here, look at what's going on. This is why you cannot, guys, you cannot rely on the media. You cannot. He owns them, all of it. And so they don't give you events. They give you what they're told to give you. They want ratings and they want to manipulate people's thinking. See, Daniel's interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream is simply this. All of this right here, this guy is the Antichrist. This, this whole region, this union of, of, of nations that will come together, this is what the, the, the now when I say Antichrist, I'm talking about an, a man possessed by the devil will come out of this region, okay, and rule the world. How's he going to do that? We're not going to be here to stop him. Right now, he is limited to what he can do because we're here. We are the power. And, and the, the overwhelming majority of people are just like this, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees that Jesus was talking to. Because we just want to give us a sign, Jesus. Here's your sign. I'm coming back. Get ready. Be about the master's work. Know who you are. Execute your authority as a believer on the planet. When the church actually does stand up, darkness, corruption, deception, the political landscape of, the, of this nation, it will obey us. But we, we ain't there yet. But we're growing. Huh? So... Now, now, now remember, even seeing some of this stuff unfold, you got to understand something. When the, all, when the, the next thing that's going to happen, because he cannot manifest until we're gone. He can't. I know somebody that, yeah, but what about the, what about the mid-trib? Well, okay, if you want to hang around for the first three and see what happens, go on. I can't support that either. Now, I, can, I could, and guys, I could take any of this stuff out and, and build a teaching on it. But you gotta, it's got to line up. You've got to be able to support whatever 
teaching. And I know if you have study Bibles, I got all kinds of study Bibles, and, I, and they have to. They give you all the different views. But somewhere in all that, you got to let the Holy Spirit give you some truth. I'm of the camp that I don't want to go through any of it. And the Apostle Paul said, I don't have to. Jesus said, I don't have to. The Apostle John said, I don't have to. Are you ready for this? The Holy Spirit told me, I don't have to. Hmm? See, in Daniel, you understand when the anti comes on the stage, he's going to come on the stage out of this region. He's going to present the world. Because I don't know if y'all are paying attention or not. I mean, I, in my time on the planet, I cannot remember the last time they talked war and nuclear war like they do now. It blows my mind. I'm like, I'm like what, is, what is wrong with you ignorant people? Nuclear, you understand nuclear war is not good for anybody. I mean, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But that's just the enemy spinning stuff out of control to manipulate people and push them into fear. But he's going to come on the scene because he's going to have all this power and influence because we're no longer here to stop him. And he will confirm his covenant during that seven years of tribulation. That seven years of tribulation, that's Daniel's final week of his 70 weeks that he sees over in Daniel. And it begins, you know, when we leave. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 26, it says this, tell us, that, that, that it, it lets us know that the Messiah will be cut off. Talking about right here in the Roman Empire, the Messiah was taken from the planet. He left. Yeah? They crucified him. So here's the thing you have to understand. Out of that same empire, we'll be taken out. We'll be cut off from the planet. The church won't be here anymore. This is why it's vital that you and I understand that we are his body on the planet right now. And not until we leave can he show up. In Zechariah chapter 14 and Revelation chapter 19, both of them let us know that Jesus is the stone that was cut without hands that destroys this image. The anointed one does. And so our job is to simply be ready. We have this talk today so you can sit down and you can have a conversation about some of this. Guys, don't try to prove your point when somebody brings this up. And if they want to argue with you, then Paul says don't, don't get caught up in all that stuff. Just shut it down and change the conversation. But if somebody wants to sit down and have a coffee and talk about some of this, well, now you can, you've got your U version notes, you've got this stuff, you can sit down and at least talk about it and maybe even be inspired to study a little bit of it. Wouldn't that be a radical thought? Yeah. So let me leave you with this today. Revelation chapter 22. Because when you read Revelation 22, you get excited because it's, a, it's new stuff. New city, new world. I mean, it's pretty cool, right? But he says this in verse 7. This is the Lord speaking. <clears throat> Behold, I'm coming quickly. Quickly. Now remember, quickly to him, <clears throat> not the same to us. And then he says this. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy in this book. How are you going to keep them if you don't know them? Verse 10, and he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book. Unlike Daniel, this one he said, don't seal it up. Why, Lord? Because the time is at hand. That's 2,000 years ago, y'all. If the time was at hand then, Day with the Lord a thousand years, two days. On the third day, according to Jesus, there was a wedding feast. Huh? I'm ready for that wedding feast. 
surely I'm coming quickly. He says it again. Watch this. He who testifies of these things says, surely I'm coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. See, this is the thing you have to understand, guys. When, you, when we understand how close we are to the stuff getting ready to unfold here, we need to be about the Master's work. We need to be willing to step out and share. And not, listen, don't go try to impress someone, somebody with your end time study. Stop all that mess, man. You need to be about sharing the gospel with people. Huh? Sharing the truths about Jesus. And when this subject comes up, then you can have something cool to talk about. Like, man, this is what's going to happen. This is, but they all, we read through all that stuff like, oh, I don't want that. I don't, nobody wants that. So you don't have to be a part of that. You won't be here. You got that? But while we are here, you know what Paul said? It's God's will that all men be saved. So our job is to do what? Get them saved, man. In your own way, in your own personality, the way the kingdom of heaven works, every man sows the seed. This is how the kingdom works, sow the seed. This is how the kingdom works, sow the seed. Get to farming, man. Get to sowing some seeds for the kingdom of heaven. Telling people, God will give you, remember, if you want God to give you the opportunity, he will. If you just want to ignore people and leave them alone, he's not going to make you do it. But if you're willing, are you ready for this? And obedient, you'll eat the good of the land you'll get to see this harvest come in, amen? So for y'all today in the room, maybe you're watching or listening and you've never taken that first step of faith. I know there's all kinds of religious, goofy ideas about salvation and things you have to do and you don't have to do, no. It's real simple. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and you will be saved. So that's all I'm asking you to do today believe that Jesus came to the planet and he died for you and he's alive today. And we've made it so simple. We as a church family, are, we're gonna pray with you. And if you're in the room and you've never asked Jesus into your life, take a step, say the prayer, give him a chance in your life. Those of you listening or watching, that thought rolling around in the back of your head, yeah, that's the Lord pulling on your heart. Give him a chance. I mean, it's the best thing you could ever do with your life, so try it. So as we pray, everybody in the room, those of you here pray, believe Jesus. Those of you listening or watching, give Jesus a chance in your life. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're in the room and you said the prayer, Stop by our information desk. They got a gift for you, help you in your journey of faith. Those of you listening or watching, man, you got to tell somebody. You're a brand new person in Christ, and your life is getting ready to rock and roll, baby. So get ready for some exciting stuff. You can pillow your head tonight knowing heaven is your home. Amen? Now, for all of you in the room, a couple of things. Number one, next week is an important week. Next week is, obviously, we have communion next Sunday, but next week is baptism Sunday. And so if you've never been baptized and you would like to stop by our information desk right after church, fill out the information. Today is the deadline for that so that we can celebrate your new birth with you as a church family. We love to do that together. Those of you that as you leave today, leave with this confidence inside you that God is counting on, trusting. He's anointed and empowered you to be a light for him, to be a living letter for the people he will send across your path. Amen. Man, we love you guys. God bless. Have a wonderful week.
If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.